The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. It is another victory podcast. Doesn't matter. You may be listening to this next week. We have no idea, so we're not going to say uh, Sunday night was when we're recording this thing. But my friends, it is a Bears victory. The Bears are victorious, forty-one to seventeen over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gentlemen, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Bears have a really good chance of going to the playoffs tonight. I am joined by Jack Wright, Mike Page, and Logan Bradley. Gentlemen, anything that you want to say before I pop into some questions, just general reactions to this game? I just can't believe that we are at this point where we're talking about the Bears making the playoffs. Two weeks ago, I was on this podcast, and I've never been more convinced that a team was more dead than the Chicago Bears were two weeks ago. And in a way, I think like I don't think that there's too much room for optimism past possibly making the playoffs, but I'm just amazed that we are sitting here and we can be positive in different ways. It's a good feeling. Folks, if you are looking to buy or sell a home in the Chicagoland area, you got to give Jeff Cadwallader a call. My guy, Jeff, is the absolute best. Give a call, 630-254-4734, or visit genevajeff.com. That's G-E-N-E-V-A-J-E-F-F.com, genevajeff.com. Jeff grew up in the business. He brings three generations of real estate experience to the table. You got to give Jeff a call. He is the best. Now, gentlemen, we, uh, we're going to talk about this, this, this victory, and... Uh, this is a stat that just came across, across my social media uh, from the Chicago Bears themselves. The last time, let's see if we, if we can give one of you guys guessed, last time the Bears had a thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard rusher in the same season. Any guesses as to when that was, gentlemen? Curtis Conway and no, not even close. Brandon Marshall and Matt Forte. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Pretty close. 2014, it was Alshon Jeffrey and Matt Forte. 2014, the last time the Bears had a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver over the last five weeks. Wow, gentlemen, this offense, and I can't believe I'm going to throw this stat out here to you. 33 points a game. Since Mitchell Trubisky has come back from that benching, since Sam Mustafer has been put in at center, and obviously with Bill Lazor calling plays, this offense is completely different. I can't believe it. Three, four straight games with 33-plus points. Yet another thing, uh, five straight, I, I, I just – yet another thing I did not expect to see happening whatsoever. So that's a case in point. Credit to Bill Lazor and credit to uh, Mitchell Trubisky. We'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, but that's, that's something I didn't see coming. Yeah, you know what? We've actually come to expect this from the Bears. It's such a weird season, right? We are now expecting the Bears to score touchdowns on their drives. And just a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, you know, we would be happy with a couple first downs. And now it's like every single drive, we expect the Bears to score a touchdown. And that's a pretty cool feeling to have to to you know, have high expectations for your offense. Another really cool thing that happened today offensively was that we scored 28 straight points out of the half. We scored 21 in the third quarter, which is so weird for this Bears team. And then another touchdown right after that in the fourth, 28 straight points. It's making me feel better about playing the Packers next week. They sputtered out of the gate. And so it was worrisome. And we talked in our threads about how Mitch looked really off. But I think what was really fun was that when they used to come out of the gate and look like their rhythm was off and not really functioning as an offensive unit, you kind of got this, you know, your heart sank into your stomach a little bit and you're like, crap, they're not going to get it back. But to your point, Mike, great point. It was almost like, hey, we're going to make some adjustments. They seem like they've really gotten good at making adjustments. Even if they, if they do struggle a little bit early, 
you know, uh, it is a game of adjustments. It really is. You go to the sidelines, you take a look at what it is the defense is giving you, right? And then you start to make alterations to the way that you're blocking, uh, to the play calling, and they are doing a good job of that, which is fantastic. However, we should mention who are they playing? Who did they play in those five games in which they have been so prolific? I think that's one factor, but I don't want to be a total wet blanket. Like you, super excited about their success. Jack, I've been thinking about this a little bit too. Some of the teams that they played early in the season, though, were very bad defensive teams and they couldn't score points. And they're doing it now when they couldn't do it before. So I'm not taking anything away from, from, from your point because it is a valid point. But, I, but I've been hearing that a lot that all of a sudden now they're playing bad teams that they're, they're putting up good numbers. They played bad teams in that six-game losing streak or at least bad defensive teams and couldn't get it done. Gentlemen, you're going to listen to these stats because I did some math and I want to make sure that, that, that I get to, to put these out here. Over the last five games, David Montgomery, 689 all-purpose yards, 529 rushing yards. He has 1,001 rushing yards this season, and 529 of them have come in the last five games of the season. That is incredible. Mitchell Trubisky. Over the last five games, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. We will talk about that awful interception in a little bit. 1,025 yards in five games. Allen Robinson, who now has eclipsed 1,200 yards receiving in the last five games, has 458 yards and three touchdowns. This offense, I'm going to say this, I'm making a bold statement, is good. It's a good offense. What do you attribute it to, gentlemen? We've talked about it a lot before, but, but what is the, the, the thing that you're pointing your finger and saying, this is the thing most responsible for this offensive pickup? Matt Nagy benching himself. You know, when we were looking at their misery midseason and the losing streak, it was a lot of debate. Offensive line? Is it play calling? Is it Mitch? And it probably was a little bit of all of those things combined that contributed to their lackluster performance. But when Matt Nagy benched himself and handed over the play sheet to Bill Lazor, that changed everything because what Bill Lazor is doing is he's finding a way to put his assets in the best position to be successful. And, and really, that seems like a, a simple statement and it seems commonsensical, but not all offensive coordinators have that ability and it seems that Bill Lazor has that ability. And to go off of that, and it might be a result of that, but for me, it's just the fact that the ball is being put into David Montgomery's hands. It's something that we wanted from the start of the season. If there's something that was consistent throughout the first, whatever, nine, 10 games of the season, that was a gripe from Chicago Bears fans. It was put the ball in David Montgomery's stomach and let him run. And he's shown what he can do. I mean, there were national people who were starting to, kind of make fun of the hype that Dave Montgomery got before the draft earlier this season. And now he's shutting everybody up because he's finally getting the football and he's able to show the skills that he has, which is he can accelerate. He can break tackles with the best of running backs and he just, he just eats yards. So for me, the biggest adjustment has just been giving him the ball. It seems so simple and it seems so easy and it, and it, and it really has been. I really like the Mitch narrative, you know, getting benched, changing his whole perspective, coming back and playing strong. And not only that, but communicating with other players, communicating with Matt Nagy and other uh, offensive staff. He's being proactive. He's being energetic. He's, he's telling, you know, Matt Nagy what he wants to run, what he's comfortable with running. And he's being assertive and aggressive about that. And I really think that's been important and to see Mitch kind of flourish uh, in this new kind of headspace uh, is, is kind of where I, where I look to. Jack, I want to go to you with this first. Your player of the game. Because I dogged him so hard, I think midseason, I'm going to give A-Rob the game ball. I think on a couple of different levels, he's proven himself. I think I don't know if he's a vocal leader or not, but he's, he certainly has 
um, shown on the field with the way that he has played, that he's a leader on that team. When we, when we thought they were going to give up and then they didn't, it, largely it looked like he was responsible for that offensively. Like, no, we're not giving up. Not only that, but he's so sure-handed. He catches almost every ball that comes his way. And then as we were chatting about earlier, he's getting some yak yards. He's actually getting some yards after the catch, and he's making some plays. I mean, he's clearly the go-to receiver. I don't know how many quick slants he caught today, but that was, that was money. I mean, every time they wanted to get a first down, they would throw a quick slant to him. You know, he'd get a couple yards after the catch and reach the ball out, bam, first down. So, I mean, he was, a, he was definitely a mover and a shaker today offensively. He'd get my game ball. Ten receptions for 103 yards. Incredible game by Allen Robinson. Logan, I'm coming to you. Same question. Who's getting your game ball for today's game? Well, first of all, shout out to Allen Robinson for being the first Bears receiver with 100 plus catches since 2013, which was our man, Brandon Marshall. But uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the wall. I'm going to give my game ball to George Kittle for his postgame press conference. I mean, nothing that Bears fans love more than just soaking up a, a, a nationally recognized player talking about the Bears. And George Kittle gave props to the Bears after the game and said he was a Bears fan when he was a kid, obviously. Thank you to the 49ers for beating the Cardinals as it makes our road a whole lot easier. But for me, George Kittle is a guy that I would want on the Bears so bad i mean he is a badass tight end and he's just a good guy and i thought that was hilarious so i'm gonna i'm gonna give my game ball to him i mean we have to we have to be 49ers fans now right they they have to be our second team from from this point on right i'm okay with that i i've I've never disliked the san francisco 49ers i'm okay with that logan that that's a good one he was a huge benefit to my fantasy football team last night so i'm I'm definitely okay with it mike i'm coming to you here last your game ball who's it going to yeah it's somebody that has been given a good amount of props on this podcast from a one uh jack wright and i've been hesitant i've been very hesitant to agree, but it's going to go, the game ball is going to go to Jimmy Graham for me. I think today I'm finally on board with, with Jack. I'm going to give Jimmy the game ball four four grabs for 69 yards and two touchdowns that gives him, I think eight or I think eight. Yeah. Eight touchdowns on the year. And they weren't just cheap, uh, you know, red zone toss-ups on the five-yard line. He had some pretty good snags. He ran some excellent routes, got yards after the catch. Jimmy Graham gets my game ball today, mostly because I'm now finally on board with Jack Wright, thinking that Jimmy Graham was a good signing for the Chicago Bears. I've got room on that bandwagon. I mean, come on over, Mike. Absolutely. I keep coming back to this point. Chicago Bears tight ends this season now have 10 touchdowns. Ryan Pace, who we can talk about endlessly, the the mistakes that that guy has made, but one of them is not tight end. Last year, the tight ends on this team were obscure. They were awful. They just bad, bad tight end play. And he went out and he spent a lot of money to get Jimmy Graham and spent a second round draft pick to get Cole Komet. And it sure seems like it's paying dividends for this team. If, if I had said to you guys, Hey, Jimmy Graham is going to have eight touchdowns this season. Would you have believed us? Would you believe me? And when I said that, no, I don't think so. I mean, and I think I would also temper your comments a little bit with the Adam Shaheen issue. You're right, ultimately. They're, they're, it's hard to deny those statistics. And the way that they've worked together, as we've mentioned before, has been outstanding. You've, you've got to have tight ends. I mean, we've seen that. They're ignored. They get lost. Defenses lose track of them. If they're able to, if they're able to get lost, like, you know, they're able to – you know, feign a block for you know, one or two counts and then release on a crossing route. They so often get lost in the defensive scheme. You've got to take advantage of that. So the fact that the Bears are taking advantage of that position is huge, huge. My game ball is a guy that didn't necessarily blow up the stat sheet 
but it is his consistent play as a rookie. Darnell Mooney coming in with four catches for 39 yards. He had a drop, and then the next two plays was just electric. He consistently is making plays when plays need to be made. He's showing great speed. I love this guy. Last week, he went over the Bears rookie receiving for catches with 46. He's been awesome. I, I'm a big fan. You know, and now, guys, there are other players who played incredibly well that I think may deserve game balls. Roquan Smith, those two interceptions. We've talked about Roquan endlessly. Uh, David Montgomery, obviously, we've been throwing out his stats. Cairo Santos who with one more field goal, if he kicks his next field goal, will break the Bears' record for consecutive kicks. That's saying a lot. When a guy has to kick inside Soldier Field with those swirling winds coming off of Lake Michigan, he has been just a revelation. We haven't had a kicker since Robbie Gold. And even in Robbie's last season, he wasn't very good here. And now we have Cairo Santos. I want that dude to get a, get a fat paycheck. Which – you know, as many of us did, when we watched the 49ers game yesterday, Robbie missed, I think, two field goals and an extra point. And we were just crushed. You know, we were texting back and forth like, what, why, why would you do this to us, Robbie? Why? All right, gentlemen, let's switch over to the other side. Mike, I'm going to come right back to you with this one. Who is the player that really disappointed in this game? A, a guy that you wish would have been better. I don't remember seeing Akeem Hicks show up on the stat sheet at all. And in fact, I could just go ahead and put the entire defensive line on this list. The only, we only had one sack in the game, and that came from uh, Danny Trevathan, delayed blitz. Where's Khalil Mack? Where's Robert Quinn? Where is Akeem Hicks. You know, I know that Akeem has a sore hamstring and probably multiple bumps and bruises that we're not aware of, but we need him badly if we are going to beat the Packers and do anything in the playoffs. To your point, Chuck Pagano in the first half, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I, I hope I didn't steal it from one of you guys. And, and if you did, I'm sure you can talk about it a great deal more. Logan, why don't I go to you? Who was your bad stuff of the game? Yeah, I mean, I'll just go off what you said. Chuck Pagano was easily the person for me. And it's strictly because everything that he's done has been so vanilla. You have to change things up with the talent that you have on defense. And what Mike said was he mentioned the Packers game next weekend, which is something that we're going to get to, but you have to change something next week as a defensive unit to give Aaron Rodgers different looks than what he has seen in the past. Obviously what he saw in game one against the bears is going to work. You just, I think you just need to freshen things up over this week. I don't know what you have to do. I'm not a defensive coordinator. That's why I'm on a podcast and I'm not a NFL coach, but you have to change something. You have to get creative. You have to get, energize this defense because at the beginning of the game I see Roquan Smith um, it was the first two plays of the game I think he was jumping up and down after we stopped their run or something like that but then the rest of the game I didn't see him and I think that's partially towards how Chuck Pagano is positioning his defensive players he's not putting them in a good position to have success and he needs to start doing that and he needs to start doing it right now for next weekend. Jack, what about you? Who's your bad stuff of this game? Do we want to go with the Bears and their goal line offense, or do we want to go with Eddie Jackson? You guys tell me. Which, which way? This is an easy one. Eddie Jackson? Of course. <laughs> so I guess since you gave me props for Jimmy Graham, I'm going to give you mad props, Mike, for your Eddie Jackson call. I mean, quite honestly, you know, when I was dogging – Khalil Mack and you told me he was hurt I was like oh okay my B as the kids would say he's hurt he's better than that but he's hurt is Eddie Jackson hurt we we said some incredibly unsavory NSFW things about him before this podcast came along because I don't know what's going on I mean he avoids contact and when he does make contact he's scared I said 
he looks like the kid when I played in high school and college and when I coached, when you run the Oklahoma drill, which is probably the most violent physical drill that you run, he's the kid that you're like, oh man, that kid's going to get hurt. He's the kid that would like buckle his shoulder down because he was kind of scared to get hit. And I, I can't believe it because he was a playmaker. He was intercepting. He was knocking down passes. He was making tackles. He was a difference maker on defense. And how he has fallen as far as he's fallen is a mystery to me, but he is terrible. Mike, I wish, for all of you listening right now, I wish you could see Mike's face and the head nod that he is giving. He is, he is Eddie Jackson's uh, biggest fan by far. Gentlemen, I'm, I'm actually going to go for two. There, there are two individuals that I, that I want to point out. The first is Kendall Vildor who I'm actually a very big fan of. Uh, I, I think he's been a very good special teamer, and I think that he's going to be a good player. He's just not ready yet. And that was so obvious in the first half. He was getting picked on by Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon, right? Old, old giraffe neck Mike Glennon was, was picking on Kendall Vildor. I am a big fan of this guy. I think he's going to play well. You just got to give him some time, but, but that was bad. And the other one is Rich Gannon. I, I can't think of another uh, commentator that, that I have disliked. Maybe Joe Buck is the, is the other guy that I have disliked more than Rich Gannon. Uh, but he was, he was smug. He just seemingly just didn't want to be there and had great disdain for pretty much every Chicago Bear that was out there. Not not a fan. You don't like Joe Buck? Yeah, what? Holy, why, why does everybody hate Joe Buck so much? I think this is a good, unpopular opinion for the future. I don't think that's unpopular at all. I think Joe Buck is, you know what? Yeah. Let, let me say this. If it was Chris Collinsworth or Joe Buck, I would take Joe Buck every day of the week. It, and we'll I like Collinsworth too. I don't, I don't mind either of them. I, I am right there with Mike. We can do unpopular opinion right now. <laughs> I'm with right. Ryan on both of those. The smugness is off yes. the charts. Are Thank we you. are we gonna do a complete just separate podcast of like Collinsworth and Buck versus like <laughs> and just the two of us versus two of us? Something like that. Okay, folks, uh, the Bear Down Report is growing. We have a new staff writer we are thrilled to introduce here on the Bear Down Report podcast this evening. If you haven't read his article yet about the 2021 Chicago Bears quarterbacks, the potential quarterbacks, you need to get out there and you need to read it right away. Uh, it was incredibly well written and we are excited. We're, we're stoked to have Matt join us. Uh, Matt, welcome to the Bear Down Report. Happy to have you. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. So Matt, just briefly talk a little bit about uh, yourself, your, just a little bit of your, your football background, uh, anything that you want to throw at listeners, uh, people who are going to be reading your stuff. What do they need to know about Matt Clapper? Um, well, I'm a, originally uh, a native of Wheaton, Illinois. Um, and I attended Wheaton Warrenville South High School. Uh, I played football there under a, a pretty legendary um, group of coaches, uh, including John Thorne. Um, and obviously, Wheaton Warrenville South has had uh, a good deal of success throughout the years. Um, in my senior year, we actually won state. We were undefeated. Um, trust me, I take no credit for that. We had, uh, I think, eight Division One players on that team, uh, including our quarterback, two wide receivers, a tight end. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, good times back in high school. But um, I am a, I'm a teacher. I'm a social studies teacher and um, for 17 years now. Uh, 12 of those 17 years, I have coached football, all different levels um, from freshman B all the way up to varsity assistant. And for 15 of those 17 years, I coached track and field. I was a, a sprinters coach and a, a jumps coach. And, uh, and then I had kids and I have two, uh, two young boys. One's about to turn three and uh, the other's about eight months. So um, the coaching activities are on hold for now. But um, a lifelong Bears fan um, through thick and thin, and um, um, I'm I'm just excited to be here and contribute to uh, what you guys already have created, which is a, a pretty cool thing. Matt, that's awesome, and congratulations on the little ones. Okay, let let's dive right in. 
Matt, tell us about who you would like to see playing quarterback in 2021 for the Chicago Bears. Well, I can tell you uh, Dwayne Haskins will be available. Um, and I'm, I, I say that facetiously because I don't know if you saw that game today against Carolina, but uh, it, it, was, it was pretty apparent that his time in Washington is up. So he could be available. There's a lot of potential guys that could be available, mostly via trade. Um, obviously where the bears are, are going to be drafting, which is, you know, probably about 18 or 19, um, depending on how things go next week, they're not going to be able to select a, um, a generational type of talent. They're not going to be able to, to draft a day one starter. So that being said, um, in terms of, of who I want, <laughs> well, there, there's a, there's a lot of things I want, um, that are just simply not realistic. What I, what I'm pretty sure is going to happen, especially, uh, over the last five weeks, and Bears fans are probably going to gag at the thought of this, but Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is probably your starting quarterback in 2021. And honestly, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, over the last five weeks, he's literally playing the best football of his career, um, average of 248 passing yards, and he's accounted for 11 touchdowns during that time span. He has, of course, uh, thrown a couple picks uh, and made some uh, unconscionable decisions like he did today at the end of the first half. If you guys saw that, I'm sure you did. But um, nonetheless, you know, he has really, really improved. And I think what you're going to see next year is that the Bears are probably going to bring him back. Um, and again, this is just my prediction, but on a, on a, a short-term deal, one year, uh, two years, um, all the guarantees up front they are not going to want to have any contractual obligations to Mitchell Trubisky past 2021. So, and I don't think it's a bad move because, uh, you know, things are turning up for him. Um, and I, I think there's a realistic chance he's your starting quarterback in 2021. If he's horrible, if he regresses, if he goes back to being the same old Mitch, uh, you can cut ties with him after next season and you won't have any dead money against the cap. So uh, the other thing, the other option they could do, uh, they could use a franchise tag, but uh, that will that will most likely be reserved for a guy like Allen Robinson, um, who the Bears don't, uh, you know, aren't really ready to commit in terms of a multi-year deal. But, um, and by the way, a, a franchise tag for Trubisky would mean about $35 million. So I don't think that's going to happen either. But uh, I think they bring him back, short-term deal uh, at a manageable price. And you know what? If he's good, that's great. If he's, if he's terrible, then you cut ties and you move on. So, Matt, I know you, you've heard the podcast before and you knew this was coming. Our favorite segment, and since you are the new guy, the rest of us uh, grizzled veterans are off the hook for this evening. You got to tell us, what is your unpopular opinion? Well, I had something in mind when I, when I came on here, but when you guys were talking, I have to go ahead and I have to agree with Logan. Um, I don't understand why everyone hates Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth. I actually like them. I actually, th I actually, I enjoy listening to them. Um, now that's already been discussed and I know you guys already spent a few minutes on that. So I'll, I'll move on from that. Here's what I'll tell you. And again, this is very controversial as someone, um, you know, born and raised in Chicagoland, but I just got to say this, you guys, there's a movie that I think is way overhyped. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's okay. I think it's cute. I think there's a couple funny parts, but guys, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is not a great movie. It's just not. I, I don't get it. I don't get all the hype. It's not bad. I, trust me. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying it's a terrible movie. It's funny. It's cute, but it's not great. On a scale of one to 10, it's like a 6.5. Matt, Matt Clapper. We brought you into this thing and we can take you out of it. I, I, hey. can't, <laughs> I can't believe what I am hearing right now. That is, that's a clap that you, you, if you are in the city of Chicago, you have to watch that movie at some point. Gentlemen, I, I can't be the only one that is just appalled by this right now. Oh, and I've watched it. You know, it's not like I only watched a part of it. I've, I've watched it a couple different times. You know, my wife loves it and my wife is from Milwaukee, but um, you know, we've had this debate. We've also talked about like the big chill. Um, I think it's just a, an awful movie, just an absolutely awful movie. I get it. The soundtrack is, oh, the soundtrack. 
the movie is trash. Okay. There, I'm on record. You know, Matt, you seem like, aside from that opinion, you seem like a really nice guy. Thank you. Listen, but here's the deal. That movie stands the test of time. And here's how I know. You're talking about, I I do movie education with with my kids. I have three teenagers. So I show them movies from our era, right? 80s and 90s movies. I also teach a, a Chicago history class. So I, I show Ferris Bueller every single year. And here's how you know it stands the test of time. If the kids, these kids currently, in this generation of kids still laugh at that movie and still understand that movie and its significance and its hilarity and its relevance, and they love the scene, when he's on the parade float in the middle of Chicago, shake it up, baby, then you know it's still a good movie. And my 13 and 14 and 16 year old and every junior or senior that I've ever taught freaking loves that movie. And so you couldn't be more wrong unless you're Ryan Dangle and you think mashed potatoes suck. <laughs> uh, the, the beauty of unpopular opinion as Jack has pointed out before is it's meant to spark conversation and Matt, you have clearly done that. Matt, we just want to say one more time, welcome to the Bear Down Report. We are really thrilled to have you, uh, excited to see the things that you're going to write and put out there. I'm sure this will not be your last time on the podcast. Anything you want to throw out to Bears fans before we uh, say thank you and have a wonderful evening? Well, um, it, things, it, it's a quite a different feeling um, today, you know, Sunday evening than what we had uh, earlier in the season. But um, yeah, it's we got one more, one more to go and it's, uh, it's going to be a big task, but, uh, actually, uh, what I'm working on for next week is, uh, a little piece about bears Packers. Um, you know, the, uh, and I'm going to use quotation marks and call it a rivalry, um, because well, for all intents and purposes, it, it really isn't. So, uh, but anyway, I got, I got something coming for you guys this week and, uh, I'm just excited to contribute to, uh, to what you guys are building here, which is, uh, which it, just really exciting to be a part of. Matt Clapper, everybody. Now, Jack and Logan, I'm coming specifically to you guys for this question. Mike and I have definitely had the Kool-Aid. I'm probably a little bit more Jim Jones giving of the Kool-Aid of Mitch Trubisky. I've been the president of Mitch Trubisky fan club. Uh, People ignore me when I say he's not a perfect quarterback. They just think that I have these wide eyes and I think he is God's gift to quarterbacking. I don't. Today's interception was brutal. However, the two touchdown passes to Jimmy Graham were really good. His decision to run it into the end zone was really, really good. I think he has played considerably better. Matt kind of talked about it. We got his opinion. Now, gentlemen, I want to come to you guys specifically. If not Mitchell Trubisky in 2021, who's your quarterback? I'll sit here as a guy who says that he's not a fan of Trubisky and is still not a fan of Trubisky. And that doesn't say that I don't give him credit for what he's done over the past few weeks. I know that he has played very well, and that's good, and I give him credit for that. But at the same time, I think that signing him to a deal, which I've become more warm to, I see what the benefits of it would be but I think it's a version of just banging your head against the wall because I think you're just still hoping for something out of a quarterback that can't provide what you're hoping for. So to me, it's, it's via the draft and the first round next year. Realistically, you're probably not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You're probably not going to get Justin Fields, Trey Lance, probably not. We'll see where the, you know, you never know what's going to play out. Um, Zach Wilson, probably not. And I think that leaves you with Kyle Trask and Mac, Mac Jones. Kyle Trask for Florida, I'm not the biggest fan of ever. Um, I think that he has a lot of warts. But to me, Mac Jones, I think that there's a, r- a lot of reasons to be excited about him. I think that people want to use the easy excuse of he has a lot of weapons that are NFL ready, and they kind of play them down. Like you look at um, Jalen Hurts right now for the Eagles. He might have not have played the best game today, but I think that we can all agree that he's going to be a pretty decent starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think that could be a similar situation to Mac Jones. 
Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what all there is to know about Mac Jones, but to me, I think it's worth at this point using your whatever it's going to be 21st, 20th, 19th pick. I don't know what it'll be, but to me, I think Mitch Trubisky is banging your head against the wall, and I would rather just see who falls to us or jump up a few spots in the NFL draft. So, Logan, just a follow-up question to that. Mac Jones as the day one starter, let's say the Bears are able to draft him. He comes in week one, he's your guy right away, or are you also bringing in a bridge quarterback, somebody else to, that he can kind of be groomed underneath? That's a phenomenal question. And to be honest with you, a guy like Mac Jones, you probably do hope that he's not your day one starter because he doesn't seem like the guy that you're going to want to accept as being that. So yeah, it's hard. That's why I preface it with it's hard not to say that Mitch Trubisky in a one-year deal at this point, if he wants that, which I still stick by what I said a few podcasts ago, which is like, I don't know if he wants to sign with the Bears. I, I still am not sold on that. I don't know if this is the place for him. I don't know if he'll see it that way. But yes, that is a very valid question. I don't know if you want him to be your day one starter in 2021. Jack, I'm coming to you. Same question. If not Mitch, then who? So we're, we're assuming in this, this question that, that, that Mitch is walking. He's not resigning or we choose not to resign him. Okay. So if that's the case, then you're looking for a stopgap. And a couple of things. First of all, uh, as we just talked about with Mike Jelnick, you don't want Ryan Pace to make that choice, right? Because you've got you know, Glennon, you've got Foles, and you've got Mitch. And those choices were terrible. So hopefully somebody else will make the choice. That's, that's the first thing. And then I think what you're doing is you are looking for a stopgap. You're looking for somebody to hold the seat as you begin to start drafting a quarterback who could potentially be your franchise quarterback, which is everybody, you know, when we asked Santa what we wanted, that's what we all asked for. So we're, we're not looking at Jimmy G, no thanks. Cam Newton, no thanks. Uh, we're definitely not looking at Dwayne Haskins, pass, hard pass. So then you're looking at, and I don't really, I'm not interested in Jacoby Brissett. Um, so, and by the way, I, I'm taking a look at, you know, Matt's article, which I thought was really great. We can find it on, you know, um, beardownreport.com. So in my opinion, you're looking at, and I just, I just would love to see him in a Bears uniform. This is just like completely a bias on my part. If Matt Stafford walks from Detroit, I would love to see him in a Bears uniform, at least for a brief period of time. Now, I realize there's a lot of contract stipulations and money issues, but I have always loved that guy's arm. It's concerning that he has never gone deep, you know, into the playoffs. Um, you know, he's got kind of a Dan Marino type feel to him or a Warren Moon feel to him. But I do think that's just because the Detroit Lions have been trash for so long. So then I think you're, you know, you're looking either, either at, at Carson Wentz, right, as a possibility, very tall, very rangy, uh, great arm. Um, and so those, those would be my two, again, we're not, those aren't perfection and they're not going to be your long-term solutions. Uh, but I think that they could have success uh, in, in the Bears organization in a brief period of time. Mike, who are you going with? I know you talked about Zach Wilson and the Bears drafting him, but it seems like that's just probably not going to happen. Who are you thinking or who are you wanting to be in that starting role in 2021? Assuming Mitch can't be there. I'm going to go with um, Mr. Bling, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm going to take Ryan Fitzpatrick as the stopgap, draft a quarterback in the first round, take a take an offensive tackle, a left tackle in round two. But I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I really like what he's done with, uh, with Tua down there in Miami. He's built a really good relationship. He's kind of mentoring the kid. It's like he's putting his resume out there as a teacher and a mentor. And it's like, okay, if, if I am going to have Mac Jones, uh, I don't want Kyle Trask at all. If, <clears throat> if we're stuck with one of those guys, it's got to be Mac Jones. If I'm going to have Mac Jones, I want Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, kind of back there. I don't really like any other, other quarterbacks on the list at all other than Mitch. Just to bring something up, I, and I sort of said something similar are we sure that we want to just settle on a stopgap QB next year with the defense that we have and the contracts we have on defense? It's really hard to just sit here and say, yeah, let's 
here's our list of stopgap QBs that we want for a year. And again, I'm not saying that it's so easy as to just be able to go out and get a quarterback who can help you win, but it's really, really hard to just accept that that's a reality when we have the people that we have on contract on the defense next year. Logan, to that point, I don't see any quarterback that's a realistic option better than Mitchell Trubisky. I I definitely want to see the Bears draft a quarterback. I think that is an absolute must. I think that's a really important thing. But on the amount of money you can probably, probably get Mitchell Trubisky for on a one or two year deal, just as Matt Clapper was talking about, I, I don't dis, I, I, I think this is his best shot to be a starting quarterback. And if Bill Lazor is still calling the plays, he would be served well to, to come on back and be that guy. I, realistically, with the cap situation that they're in, I don't see another guy that they can bring in. I, there's no way they can afford Matt Stafford's contract. And then there's no way that the Lions are going to, going to trade him in the NFC North. Jack, I agree with you. I think it'd be awesome to see him, but I just I don't see a realistic possibility of that happening. Here's a hot take prediction for you. Mitchell Trubisky is going to sign a multi-year deal averaging 20-plus million dollars per year with a different NFL team. And it's going to be um, a situation where the Bears are going to offer him this short-term deal that we're all talking about. One, two years, maybe $15 million guaranteed. Some other team is going to offer him $20 million a year multi-years, three to five years, and um, Mitchell's not going to be back next year. That's my hot take prediction. Mike, I just don't see a team out there that would be willing to do it. The Jets and the Jaguars are going to draft their guy. They're not going to pay big money to Mitchell Trubisky when they can get their guy that early. After that, who's a team that, that, that would really bring him in? I, the New England Patriots are probably bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's been talked about quite a bit. They, they did not want to let him go in the first place. I, I just don't see a way in which, in which that happens. Uh, I don't know a team that, that, that wants him. Now, Mike, you are a smart guy, and you have proven me wrong multiple times, Eddie Jackson. Uh, but uh, I, just, I just don't see it. I will just put this out there. The Bears one time signed Mike Lennon to a pretty long-term deal, and sure, there was less of a track record on him, but I'm just saying, NFL teams make dumb decisions. So Ryan Pace is going to sign him to a 10-year deal worth $200 million? We'll see uh, Mitch Trubisky in uh, November 2030. (laughs) Okay. Gentlemen, we, we've talked a lot about the Jaguars, uh, and we have an awesome podcast. Uh, we actually recorded uh, the podcast you're going to hear later this week out of order. We just, Jack Wright and I sat down with a very good friend of ours, Mike Jelinek, who was a high school football coach, coach at the Naval Academy, and we talked a little bit about the Packers week. We're excited for that conversation. Mike had a lot of really good insight. He's a diehard Bears fan with a lot of knowledge on this team and, and watches it uh, regularly. So you definitely want to listen to that podcast. This is coming up. But gentlemen, we haven't talked about it. If the Bears beat the Green Bay Packers, they are going to the playoffs. I want to know, gentlemen, at this time, Sunday evening, with one week to go, how are you feeling going into that game? Sad. I think, unfortunately, sad. And, and here's the reason why. We talked about this with Mike, and it, it made me sad to kind of break it down, you know, with you, Ryan, and with Mike. Because the, the, the basic question was, you know, are they going to sit people or, or are they going to play their full roster? And, you know, I think ultimately when it comes down to it, if you think they're not going to play their full roster and they're not going to try to knock the Bears out of the playoffs, then you're just wrong, sadly. And if they play their full roster, they've got an edge on us. And I think probably the crucial part of that is Aaron Rodgers. You know, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, he is well aware of the rivalry between the Packers and the Bears. And you think that guy's going to let us win and then go to the playoffs? and then maybe have to face us later 
and potentially have some sort of a crazy, you know, we knock them out situation. Like we talked about Ryan, when the bears let the Packers win. Right. And then they ended up coming back and smacking us. So, so the bottom line is as much as I love to believe and they win in their end, and that would be fantastic because I love the bears and I want them to win. I just think a Aaron Rodgers will never ha- let it happen. B they're going to play their full roster uh, and C they just have an edge uh, on, on the bears. It hasn't been a rivalry. They've just been smacking us around for more than a decade. So when I think about next weekend, what I think about and the first thought that comes in my mind is just Randall Cobb streaking across the field. That's the only thing that I think about. The Packers at this point have given me so much PTSD that the idea of a game against them in Lambeau and Soldier Field, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It scares me. And I don't want to say that as a fan because I'm so competitive and I never want to say that another team scares me whatsoever. But what reason have the Bears given me to think that they can win that game? Even with momentum riding into it, I just don't know. I might change my mind by the end of the week, but right now that's all I see is Randall Cobb running across the field. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers may be right now the best quarterback wide receiver duo that's out there. Aaron Rodgers definitely looks to be the clear favorite right now to be MVP of the season. If he sits, though, Logan, does that change any, anything about the way that you feel about this game? Definitely. If he sits, I think that there's a way that we win that game. You should win that game. You're, you should be favored by a touchdown. I don't know. He makes that big of a difference. I'm not even sure who the back, Packers' backup quarterback is at this point. But if he sits, yeah, the Bears, you better win that game or you look pretty dumb. Mike, what about you? How are you feeling about, at this point, one week out, Bears Packers. I'm feeling nervous <laughs> to say the least, but I'm also really happy that the Cardinals have to face Aaron Donald and the Rams uh, in week 17. You know, I'm trying to focus most of my hope on that game that the Rams can overtake the Cardinals in week 17 and, and reserving that space in my heart Uh Because how can you truly, honestly feel good about a game against the Packers in Week 17 to determine your season? We have, just like Jack said, a decade of track record of Aaron Rodgers, of Randall Cobb streaking. As soon as you said that, Logan, I was just – I had a flashback as well. But, you know, one of the reasons why – the bears can't beat the Packers is because of the offense. And we have been scoring so many points recently that I'm feeling much better today than I would have, you know, a few weeks ago, no doubt, because now I feel like it's just going to be a shootout. Like it could be like a 42 to to 35 kind of final score, which uh, it could be fun to watch, but, if I'm going to make a, a serious prediction right now, I can't bet on the bears to win that game. I'm going to pick with my heart. I, my head knows and everything you guys have said, I totally agree with. I, Chris Conti, Jack, you're, you're sending me a text right now that says, wasn't that Chris Conti? Uh, yes. Yes. It was Chris Conti fourth and a mile and everybody knows what's going to happen. And Chris bites on it. I, I, Man, just just protect. Sorry, I'm I'm having flashbacks, but I want the Bears to go to the playoffs. 2020 has sucked. It has been an awful, awful year, and the fact that we're talking about relevant football going into the final week of the season, I I got nothing but hope right now, and my heart believes differently than my head. My head probably thinks Bears lose this one on a heartbreak. Uh, last second field goal or last second Aaron Rodgers touchdown, something along those lines, but somewhere deep down in my gut, I just want to believe that the bears are going to take care of business and find themselves in the playoffs. Maybe I'm crazy. I probably am, but I'm okay with that. Gentlemen, any last thoughts before we take off uh, for this evening? I love your hopefulness, Ryan. Don't ever, don't ever change pony boy. I love it. I'm serious about that. I wish that I had that much uh, 
uh, that that kind of faith. I really do because I, yeah, I think we all kind of said it equally, right? Like our hearts would love for that, you know, to be in a situation where we see some sort of. I mean, think about how nuts we'll be going, right? If somehow they do win the game in their end, and that's and that would be fun um, to be able to watch them at least play some play. I guarantee you that if the Bears beat the Packers in Week 17 and go to the playoffs, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will both be back in 2021. And I actually wrote about in staff picks for this year that today's game was actually hugely important in evaluating Matt Nagy, the head coach, coming into a a, a must-win game against a poor uh, opponent and keeping his team disciplined and focused, even even when this game really felt like a trap game, I, I think this uh, blowout victory today went a long way in the evaluation of, of Matt Nagy. And if he can win tomorrow, he'll be back in 2021. If the Bears somehow win this game, I may have to do the entire podcast in my Bears superfan voice. Uh, I know my uh, my compatriots here will be uh, very disappointed, but uh, that might need to happen. All right, Bears. my friend. <laughs> Bears that got Polish sausage. Bears. For Jack Wright, Mike Page, Logan Bradley, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, as always, thank you so much for sharing all the Bear Down Report of our content. We appreciate it greatly. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, you got to call our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. He's fantastic. We've got a lot of content coming your way this week. We've got a couple podcasts. We may actually have three podcasts leading up to a bit of, hey, it's Bears Packers, playoffs on the line. It's going to be a good one. As always, folks, bear down.